Um, I just want to remind you that um, we love you guys. We believe in you. We believe in the great things God is doing in this church. We believe that our best days are before us. It's a life of faith that we live, amen? And I think that a, a lot of times as a minister, you got to guard yourself from sliding over into pride, thinking it's about me when it's not about me. And I'm, I'm going to be as blunt as I possibly can, and it's not about you. It's all about Jesus, amen? And when we are yielded to the Spirit, allowing Him to move through us, glory to God, we can do great things for Jesus. Amen? Um, I just want to do this before I get into um, our tithes and offerings. Chris and Britta and their boys are over in Boise, Idaho. Uh, his dad has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and they really don't know the extent of it. The news I had heard um, from Britta was not good, that he wasn't going to last very long. And uh, But he was supposed to be in surgery yesterday. They were going to do... I don't know what they do when they're investigating. You probably would know better. But anyway, they're doing some surgery to just try to figure out where he's at, what's going on, and so forth. So Chris was just letting me know what was going on. I told him we, Joan and I had already prayed. And um, I just ask you to join your faith with us. You know, there's no distance in prayer. One thing I'm coming to understand is that Jesus has already healed us. Just like Jesus has already saved us and delivered us and blessed us. These things are already ours. They belong to you and me. We don't receive based upon how good we are. We don't receive because we measure up to a certain standard. The only reason we're able to receive is because of what Jesus has already done. In other words, it's simply an act of faith. I take you at your word, Lord, by whose stripes I was healed. Amen. If I was healed, that means I am healed. It's not something, again, I'm trying to get. It belongs to me already. I know that just flies in the face of so many people because the first thing people do when they're prayed for for healing is they begin to investigate their physical bodies. Do I feel better? And I'm going to let you know that's not the way to do it. I just, I cannot express to you enough. If you're ever standing for healing, don't look to your physical body. Just begin to rejoice in knowing that you're already healed. And now it's yours because you're stepped out in faith for it. And so what can you do to bring the manifestation more quickly to you? Lift your hands and praise him and remind yourself of his faithfulness. Because if God has promised, he's faithful to fulfill it. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for Chris and Britta and the boys being over there in Idaho. We're, asking, we're surrounding them. Uh, uh, his father and mother with our faith and our love right now in Jesus' name. Devil, we tell you in the name of Jesus to take your hands off of that man. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare healing in his physical body to rise up in his physical body. He is your child, Lord. So I'm thanking you right now for a full manifestation. Pancreatic, pancreatic cancer is a name and it must bow to the name the name above all names the name of jesus we expect that happening lord we we just give you praise and glory for it now lord i'm stepping out in faith in obedience to what you said in your word to do i can't be physically there to lay hands on him but glory to god i'm asking you 
to uh, impress somebody to do just that. Glory to God. But we, we just praise you and thank you for this now happening in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said amen. amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Well, it's time to take up our tithes and our offerings. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, slide a hand up. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. I tell you, God is so good. Um, when Brother Joe McCroskey was here, uh, we, the church, were able to, uh, we, we took him out to eat. We went over to his house. We're, uh, we got him an Airbnb, stayed over here for a night. And I just got to sit around and talk with him and fellowship with him. And he was just so thankful that we reached out to him and did that for him because obviously he wasn't able to come here and minister. He was over at Fortress of Joy for the weekend and you know, had a wonderful time while there. But um, the, my wife and I firmly believe in divine connections. Are you listening? Divine connections. We don't believe it was just happenstance. We wouldn't even have known it was going on, seriously, unless Brother Joe had called us. And he called us. And because he called us, glory to God, I believe that is divine connection. And not just with him. He is, I, I didn't even realize this. I think I've heard it before, but... Uh, Brother Joe and Jerry Savell are first cousins. They literally were born 14 days apart. And so they have been together from, from 14 days. They've been together with one another. And, and anyways, he travels all over the world with Brother Jerry. And um, it's just amazing that, glory to God, we have the opportunity to sit in fellowship with these types of men and women of God. Hallelujah. So, glory to God. Just wanted to let you know about that. And we do support Brother Jerry's uh, ministry, uh, Terry Savelle Foy's ministry, as well as a bunch of other ones, glory to God. I'm fixing to send some uh, finances um, to um, the Joshua Fund, which is a ministry that uh, helps support Israel and what's going on over there, as well as Kufi. I'm going to send each of them $500. Amen. That's you sending $500 to each of those ministries. Glory to God. How many know that we believe in what we preach here? Yeah. We're going to sow the seed. And I got other places we're going to be sowing the seed for. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to step out in faith and say this right now because I haven't even contacted the party yet. But what I'm planning on doing in September, maybe October, we have to work out the details. But I am planning on allowing this church to watch Brother Hagen, not Brother Hagen. <laughs> Brother Mac Gober's testimony. Probably many of you have never seen it before. But this testimony, uh, it was at a Kenneth Copeland convention, and it was the largest altar call in the history of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. That, I mean, it was amazing the amount of people that came forward to get born again or to re re uh, rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ. I want to show that to the church and then the following week, we're planning on having Matt Gober's son in, Caleb Gober. And then we're going to talk about Canaan land. And we're going to talk about Canaan land Northwest. Glory to God. I believe it's time. And I just have that on my heart. It's something that I believe that God's going to do a mighty work to see it come to pass. There's so many men in this world, in this part of the nation, all over the place that need Jesus, who are hurting. Because of drugs, because of alcohol, because of uh, run-ins with the law. I know my life was completely changed because of a man named Matt Gober. 
who got a, Jesus got a hold of his life, changed his life forever. And because of his ministry, it changed my life forever. Praise the Lord. So anyway, just something you should be praying about, something I present to you to do just that. Amen. Also coming up in May, um, the Mother's Day, actually, the 14th, I think it is, May 14th. We're going to have uh, a guest minister in, and he's going to be sharing, and I'm just excited about that. We've had him in before. Uh, his name is... Billy Miller, I'm sorry, he's drawing a blank there. Billy Miller's going to be coming in. He, he flows in the prophetic, real, uh, real uh, sensitive to the Spirit of God. So be praying for that. Be expecting good things to happen then, okay? Praise the Lord. All right, so let's hold our offerings up and let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise. We give you glory for everything you've been doing for us. As I was praying last night, I believe our harvest is calling out for us. And I believe that we, by faith, are calling out for it. We're telling you, harvest, come in now in Jesus' name. We expect to see the great harvest for the much seed we've sown in the ground. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. You, Father God, look over your word to perform it in the lives who step out in faith and in obedience to do what you are directing them to do. Many in this church have sown the seed, just as my wife and I and our children have. Glory to God, just as this church has. So, Father God, I call this church blessed. I call these people blessed. I call my family and me blessed. Blessed beyond measure. We give you praise and glory for it now. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. amen. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. All right, children. Pastor Joan is going to take you, have fun, nice boots, Emmy, she got red boots on, oh, sorry, hot pink, no idea what that means even, but there you go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many ready for the word this morning? Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're going to continue this morning with the study that we began at the beginning of the year <laughs> on the prophetic word given to Brother Jerry Savell for this year of 2023. What is this year? This, this year of 2023 is the year of the maximum. It is the year of the highest level attainable. And what we've been focused in on is the fact that this has been God's will for us from the very first of creation. When God created Adam and Eve, he placed them in the Garden of Eden, and God did something. Number one, he blessed them. He empowered them to prosper, to succeed, and to fulfill their destinies. Number two, he established a spiritual law called seed time and harvest. And that, that law of seed time and harvest was given so that they could be sustained by it. And not just themselves and not just their families, but to be blessed beyond measure to the place that they can help those around them. How many know that's a good thing? To be so blessed. So, so blessed. Everybody so, so blessed. Glory to God. We got to give it away. We're looking for people to sow into, lives to sow into. Hallelujah. How, can, how many can you honestly say that you look, when you go out, you're thinking and you're pondering, okay, God, who are you going to send me across today that I can bless? Am I the only one that lives my life that way? 
I'm hoping you're starting to catch this. Because, see, I shared with my daughter, I don't remember how long ago this was. Might have shared it with you even. Jesus said in the book of Acts, it's more blessed to receive than to give. Oh, no, it's not what he said, is it? He said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But so many Christians, all they have in their mindset is receiving. Hello? Isn't that true, though? Now, there's absolutely nothing with being blessed. we got to be blessed in order to be a blessing. That's pretty much a dull statement, but it's the truth. But our attitude has to be, God, give me opportunities to demonstrate to others how good you've been to me. Let me show the people how much you love me and how much you love them. Hallelujah. And what ends up happening, what I've come to start noticing, is God does this in increments. It might start out with you just blessing somebody with $5. It might be God starts off having you take somebody to McDonald's. Then it might move up to taking somebody to Olive Garden. Then it might jump up to some really fancy place where each meal is about $100. You ever been to a restaurant like that before? Anyway, I won't go into that, but... Uh, I just, I, I want you to understand this has got to be something every one of you are crying out for. It is a spiritual law, seed time and harvest. It shall remain as long as this earth remains. And this earth is still here for those who don't know. And that law is still in operation. Which means what? If you sow, you can expect to receive a harvest. If you're not expecting to receive a harvest, then you didn't give right. But I'm going to tell you a little secret here. You can make the adjustments. Did you hear what I just said? Do you know that the Bible says our seeds are imperishable? <laughs> I don't know about you. But I've got a bunch of seeds so down through the years that I don't believe I've received the full harvest out of them. What does that mean? That I know my God is going to bring back the harvest to my life. Oh, thank you, Lord. I, I, as I said just a moment ago, I'm calling out for it. Come harvest! Come in! People think I'm so strange when I do that. But it's okay. Because, see, I'm getting blessed. I'm going I'm to continue to be so blessed. Because I believe in this principle, I truly am sowing the seed. And because I'm sowing the seed, I'm expecting to be blessed with a mighty harvest so I can continue to sow the seed. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise you, Jesus. And number three, finally, God authorized man to rule and reign in the earth and over everything that's in the earth. Are you listening? Anything that could cause them injury or harm or destruction in their lives. And that's what we've been focused in on lately. Ruling and reigning in life. I just like the way that sounds. Boy, I'm glad some of you guys are excited about it. The rest of you are like, oh, I'm fancy, Dan, I, just don't, I don't know if I can rule and reign. I don't know if I know how to do it. Well, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to show you the benefit of doing it. Because, see, then if you don't do it, it's nobody's fault but you. Now you can look the way you were looking a moment ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as we just mentioned, from the very beginning of creation, God made man to have dominion in the earth. But then because of Adam's sin, 
they, they yielded to the devil's temptation and entered into sin. He turned all the authority God had given to him over to our enemy, the devil. And from that point forward, he's been known as the God of this world or the God of this age with a little g. He's not greater than our God. Don't ever confuse that. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. But according to God's way of doing things, he has a legal right to be here right now. Because Adam turned it over to him. And when he turned it over to him, it immediately opened up the door to the devil and what he wanted to bring into this world. Death, destruction, mayhem, all kinds of junk that comes only from the devil. Listen, I mentioned this last week, but I want to say it again. Do not allow people, I'll say it this way, religious people to tell you that the bad stuff happening in this world is from God. There's all kinds of people. That, in fact, you can even hear it on the, uh, the newscasters. Oh, this was a, a storm from God. Or, you know, oh, my, 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 my. It's just so big, so destructive. Oh, God must be angry. Hello. What a bunch of stupidity going to seed. Our God is a good God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. There's nowhere in the Word of God where it says God's going to bring destruction into your life. That he's all about killing. Are you listening? It's so clear to me in the Bible that we have an enemy. That's what his sole purpose is for. Steal, kill, and destroy. I'm out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his MO, method of operation. And what we've got to come to compre- I mean to comprehend is that we also have been given a choice. And we brought this up last week. What happens with so many people is they choose death and the curse instead of life and the blessing. Sometimes because they're deceived into it. Other times because they willingly choose that route. Are you listening? And because of that choice, what that does is it opens up those very things to now come flooding into their lives. Do you see the importance, if you mess up, to immediately fess up, get back up, and continue to walk with God? Do not sit there and just kind of allow the enemy to hit you with all this guilt and condemnation and say to you, oh, you don't have what it takes to be a Christian. God will never forgive you. How many times have you missed it? How many times have you entered into that sin? And so Christians give up. Christians throw in the towel. Christians leave church. How sad is that? I've I've shared this story before. We had a woman that started to come to Missoula Bible Church. In fact, that was the woman that I had, we were having a a move of God at Missoula Bible Church. And the Lord had me give up, get up and give out a prophetic word. And the prophetic word was for this woman. That if she would turn her heart over to Jesus Christ, he was going to make her life so much better. The gist of it. And she received it. And she started to come to church. But then after I don't remember the length of time, she was gone. Where did she go? Where was she? I ran into her at Costco. I ran the errands over there too. (laughs) 
But as I was at Costco, here she is, and she, you know, she sees me, I see her. I walk up to her, she's like going, you know, like I was going to walk up and hit her or something. No, that was just maybe not that point. But anyway, so, but when I got up to there, got up to her, and I said, you know, we've missed you. And she said, well, I just got to be honest with you. I don't think I have what it takes to measure up. I don't think I have what it takes to be a Christian. What did she have? She had a warped mentality of God. She thought that she, it was up to her whether God was going to bless her or not. It was up to, up to, uh, up to her whether God was going to take care of her or not. That she was going to be able to receive anything from God. As long as she was doing good, things were okay. But the moment she messed up, uh-uh-uh. Those kinds of people have either not been taught, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, or because they've been deceived by the enemy. Are you listening? They do not know about the power of the blood of Jesus. I cannot express to you, I know I've said this to you before, I'm going to say it again and I'll keep saying it for as long as I'm on this planet. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I believe the blood of Jesus is greater than any sin I've ever committed or ever will commit. I'm going to say that one more time and I want you to catch this. I believe the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin I've ever committed or ever will commit. And the blood of Jesus is greater than any sin you've ever committed or you ever will commit. Do not allow the enemy to come along and tell you, that's too much now. You've missed it too bad now. That's too many times. The blood of Jesus has, you've you've sinned to the point where the blood of Jesus no longer works where that sin is concerned. What a stinking lie from the enemy. I know that you guys don't hear that kind of stuff in here, but see, there are a lot of religious folk out there will tell people these things over and over again. And to the point where they get so guilty and so condemned that they don't think they can measure up, they quit. They give up. They throw in the towel. They don't attend church anymore. How sad is that? Can I just say this with as much love as I can muster? If you mess up, you better confess it. I said you better confess it. You do not have to come to your pastor like some other religious organizations do. I'm not talking about pastors now. I'm talking about priests. I'll go ahead and say it. You do not have to come to me and confess your sins. You can go directly to the throne of God and confess your sins to Almighty God. Are you hearing me? See, you have access to the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. Glory to God, that blesses me. There's absolutely nothing I could ever do that can separate me from God's love. Ain't that powerful? Doesn't that bless you? Doesn't that make you just kind of, wow, is that real? It's real. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Everybody say, I have faith in the blood of Jesus. Say it again. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. Say it all the time from your mouth. I'm telling you, glory to God. But thank God, even though the enemy had been given access into this earth because of Adam's sin, God had a plan in place, a plan that involved sending his very own son into the earth 
to die on the cross for our sins and transgressions. Aren't you glad that Jesus did that? Oh, I'm so thankful for Jesus. I, I, I have gotten to the place now, and, and I know mm, the more I come to know him, the more I fall in love with him. You've heard me say this too. The more I fall in love with him, the more I want to know him. But I'm really getting to the place I want to see Jesus face to face. Just something happens to me now. I believe it's close, friends. I believe Jesus is coming back real quickly. I just got a stirring in my heart where this is concerned. Amen. Do you want to see Jesus? Don't you want to? To fall at his feet? Mm. Hallelujah. So after dying on that cross, where did he go? He went into the heart of the earth to pay the penalty, to be judged for our sins. Thank God he didn't stay there. The Bible tells us he was raised from the dead for our justification. Are you listening? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And simply by our faith in him and what he's done through his redemptive work, whew, we not only become the children of God, we not only become children of God. I hope you're listening to this. But we also now have all the authority that Adam turned over to the devil restored to you and me. Ooh, that made me happy. The Bible says that we looked at this, Romans 5, 17 from the Amplified. Those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings. You could put queens in there if you're a woman. Now, I want to emphasize if you're a woman. Shouldn't have to, but I am. So there you go. Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Glory to God, we can rule in this life through Jesus. Now, last week, we saw where Jesus, while he walked in this earth, he operated and had dominion over demons. All the demons and devils found on this earth. He operated in dominion over sickness and disease. He operated in dominion over the waves and the, sea and, the, and, the, and the storms. Glory to God over everything in the earth. And although he is and always has been the son of God, he didn't do what he did as the son of God. He did it as a man anointed with the spirit of God. And because that's the way he did things, then glory to God, we should get excited because that's the way we do things. We have the same spirit of God anointing us and we now can operate in the same authority that he operated in. Now we do it in his name. Woo, that's getting me. I'm telling you, glory to God. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to show you some stuff this morning. Are you ready for it? You ought to be glad that you came to church. Because if this don't get you stirred up, oh, my, my, my. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to get a picture in your mind of the kind of ministry lines that Jesus had. The Bible talks about that multitudes would come to him. To be healed, and he healed them all. The Bible says that whole towns, all the people in these towns who were sick, came to Jesus to be healed, and they were healed. I said they were healed. You know that there is not one time where Jesus looked at the people who came to him for healing, and he said to them, I'm sorry, it's not the will of the Father. 
for you to be healed. He healed them all. I said he healed them all. Now, I don't know if you watched the show, The Chosen. My wife and I have been in the process of watching it. And, and there was one scene, in fact, it was this is the last episode we just watched. And in the disciples, uh, Jesus is having a, a healing line. And, you know, and I mean, it just goes on and it starts early in the morning. And it's just, the, you know, some of the disciples are trading out, kind of keeping the, you know, the people in, in control, you know, making sure they're staying in their places, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And, but the rest of the disciples are at this camp. And, and then all of a sudden it starts to get darker. They're sitting around a fireplace, a fire, not a fireplace, a fire, <laughs> sitting around, and, and, and all of a sudden they begin to kind of go at each other, to get upset with one another, to start basically talking trash to one another, and, and speaking down power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Then in Matthew... Uh, verse 1, 10 verse 1, it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Did Jesus authorize and empower his disciples? Did he give them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease? And did he tell them to preach that the kingdom of God was at hand? Friends, in other words, did he give them authority and power to do what he had been doing? To do the very same works he did. Now, it's important to understand this, and I want you to catch this this morning. When we talk about ruling and reigning in life, it goes hand in hand with the kingdom of God. Talking about the kingdom of God. What exactly do we mean when we say the kingdom of God? I believe it's important once again that we get an understanding of it. Get this because it's mentioned over 150 times in the New Testament. Did you hear that? In fact, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God so much that his disciples were convinced that he was going to set up his, kingly, uh, uh, his kingdom right then and there. So what is the kingdom of God? If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. The kingdom of God is where God's authority is being exercised and his will is being manifested in the earth. Think about the prayer Jesus taught his disciples in, in uh, Matthew 6. He, after they asked him how to pray, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Can you see the connection there between the kingdom of God and the will of God? The kingdom of God and the will of God are inseparable. Wherever God's kingdom is being manifest, his will is being done. And wherever his will is being done, his kingdom is being manifest. Did you hear that? Think about when Jesus showed up on the scene, people were healed and delivered. He would always say to them what? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? It meant that those folks were seeing God's authority and God's will being manifested in the earth through Jesus Christ. 
So here in Luke 9, Jesus then turned around and authorized and empowered the disciples to go and preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So healing the sick is what? The will of God. Are you listening? Luke 9, 6 says, so they departed and went through the towns. This is talking about the 12, the disciples, through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They preached the kingdom of God and they healed wherever they went. Well, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan, Pastor Dan, that's all good and fine. But so far, all you've been talking about is Jesus and now the 12 disciples. Jesus, of course, is the Son of God. And everybody knows that the 12 disciples were authorized and empowered to, to help and establish the early church. And once they died out, all of that ceased. Do you know that there are those out there that preach that? Isn't that sad? Oh, my friends, then what about the people in Luke chapter 10? Luke 10 verse 1, uh, verse 1 says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Verse 9 then says, And heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Do you see that? Do you mean Jesus told these 70 that they were to heal the sick too? How in the world are they going to heal the sick? They're not God, are they? They're definitely not Jesus, are they? They're not one of the 12 disciples, are they? Then how could they possibly heal anyone? How could they cast demons out? Simple. Because Jesus authorized them to. He empowered them to. And now all they had to do is go up to a sick person, lay hands on that sick person, and said, be healed. Leave that body sickness in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And friends, when they did that, they got results. In fact, it got to the place, glory to God, in verse 17, that the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subjects to us in your name. They were pumped up. They were excited. They were doing the works of Jesus. Amen. They were doing the works of Jesus. They were doing the works of Jesus. I don't think you're catching this. See, these are the 70. This isn't the 12. This isn't Jesus. This is the 70 people just like you and me. Jesus said, he who believes on me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these, and I do because I go into the Father. They were doing the works of Jesus. He had, they had been authorized and empowered by Jesus to do so. Glory to God. They got results when they did it. Does it say anywhere in here that they were kind of stumped and wondering, will it really happen? Is it, do you think this is going to happen? Do you, does it show any kind of inclination that they were kind of wondering if they were going to get any kind of results? Or did they simply step out and do exactly what they were told to do? And they got results. Even the demons even the demons are subject to us in your name. Glory to God. 
they got results. They were doing the works of Jesus. And simply because Jesus had empowered them to do so, had given them the authority to do so. Can I just say this? Hopefully you're listening. You have been empowered. You have been authorized to do the very same works of Jesus. Then why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we doing it? Go to verse uh, 19. We should be getting excited about this. I'm trying to get you excited. Everybody smile real big. I want everybody smiling real big. Pastor Dan, I'm getting pumped. Say it. I'm getting getting excited. I'm expecting to do the works of Jesus. He's authorized me. He's empowered me to do his works. Watch out, world. Here I come. Amen. Is that true? Am I speaking something that's not true or is this truth? Oh, glory to God. Verse 19, behold, I give give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. How many know that's referring to devils and demons? And over all, everybody say all. All All means All. all. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you authority to trample over devils and over demons. There's nothing, nothing of the enemy that can harm you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, glory to God. I'm getting excited. Nothing of the enemy can harm us. Nothing of the enemy can harm us. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Can harm me or my family. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Has he empowered us to do his works? Have we been authorized in his name to preach the kingdom of God, to heal the sick, to cast out demons? Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there's nothing the devil can throw at us that can harm us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can you stick with me a few more minutes? I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything? Or am I just preaching myself happy? Matthew chapter 28. Here we have Jesus shortly after he's, uh, he's already been crucified. He's been raised from the dead. Very familiar scriptures. This is called the Great Commission or part of it. And verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. How many understand what just happened? This is where God God gave man dominion in the earth, but that man turned it over to the enemy. But then the man, Jesus Christ, came and whooped the devil. He spoiled principalities and powers right in the heart of the earth. He got back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he arose triumphant over death. Amen. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I got it. I got it back. I got it all back. Everything that had been given over to the enemy, I got it back. I got it back. 
And now I'm authorizing you, go ye into all the world. You take that authority. I delegate it to you now. You are the body of Christ. I am the head. You are the body. In order for me to do what I'm going to do in the earth today, I need you. Come on. Come on. Woo, I'm preaching myself more happy than some of you are looking at me right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Friends, now I'm going to say this, please. This is, if you don't get anything else, listen to what I'm fixing to say. You need to realize Jesus didn't get all that authority for himself. He didn't need it. He wasn't experiencing the curse up in heaven, was he? He wasn't bound and trying to get free from any of the, of the enemy's bondages, was he? He didn't need those things. He was already free. He was not being bombarded with those kinds of things. Well, who did he do it for? Who did he do it for? For you. For me. He did this for us. Why? So that we then can go out and do what he did. Rule and reign in the earth in his name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow under the earth, on the earth, and above the earth. Glory to God. There's nothing, nothing, no one that has more authority and power than you do. Oh, I tell you what, if you, if you, can't, get, if you, if you can't get excited about this, you're not listening. I'm going to go around and check everybody's ears right now. Make sure you got, don't have earplugs in. I used to have people come to this church and put earplugs in. Oh, yeah. Seriously. It was what it is. <laughs> kind of wondered why they came, but they did. So there you go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus has authorized us. In conclusion, Mark 16. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse uh, Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow or accompany those who are pastors or in the ministry. Oh, it doesn't say that. It says, and these signs will follow those who? Can I just throw a simple question out? How many believers are in this room today? Again, see, all of you should have raised your hand. Because it doesn't matter what, how you slice it and dice it. You're either going to believe it or you're not going to believe it. But you're still believing one way or the other. You believe not to believe it. I believe to believe it. Because, see, I'm taking God at his word. I'm going to take the side of God over the side of man and the side of this world. I don't care what the devil tries to throw in my face. I don't care what's happening in this world all around me. I'm going to take my God at his word. I choose to believe what he said. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. How about you? Glory to God. And these signs will follow those who believe. Daniel Greenwald and all the rest of Celebration of Life Church. In my name they will cast out demons. Whoo! They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and notice they'll get their healing every now and then. But you just never know, Pastor. It, may, it might not be God's will for them to be healed. 
Then why did he tell us to lay hands on the sick and that they will recover? What are you going to believe? What you see with your natural eyes or what God has said in his word? I choose to believe what the word says. I choose to believe what the word, I, I choose to believe what my Jesus said. These are his words. I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick. He's authorized me to lay hands on the sick. I'm expecting to get the same kind of results that he got. Jesus always got results in Jesus' name. I'm, well, of course it was in his name. He was doing it. But, but we've been authorized to do these things. Are you seeing this today? I don't want you leaving from here wondering, is the, has this authority really been given to me? Do I have the same authority that he operated in, that he got back? He got it back. Do you think the devil still has it? Do you think that the devil actually whooped Jesus and this is all a farce? I don't for a moment. My Jesus whooped him. My Jesus got the keys back. My Jesus has now turned around and authorized us to go and do the mighty works of Jesus. Let's expect to do the works of Jesus. If sickness tries to come on your child, you got to get persnickety with it. You got to come against it. In your mind's eye, you got to look at that situation and you say, If Jesus walked in this room right now and laid his hands on my child, would I expect my child to get healed and be raised up? Even for a moment, do I doubt that? Well, guess what? You have the same authority power now in your life in his name why am I the only one getting so happy right now thank you Mark thank you for the it's good over there hallelujah friends this is life changing this is life changing how many times have Christians allowed the devil to run roughshod over their families how many times have Christians accepted the sicknesses or the diseases they may not, they might have been they might have been in their physical bodies for years I just got to accept it it's just the way things are it's, I've got to accept it it's just the way things are can I say something to you I mean because see I, I, I say that when the anointing's on my life and I want you to hear this I, you know I've been dealing with my lower back, right? You know it's been my, my sciatic nerve and stuff, right? Man, I was just pondering these things, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, God, either your word's true or it's not. And if it's true, then glory to God, my body does not have to accept this in my body. Because, see, I'm not going to be so fragile and so beaten down and not able to get up and down off of the ground and play with my grandchildren. Are you listening? I don't want to have to be able to stand up here and have a ministry line for miles and start to get to the place where my body starts to give out. I'm not going to live my life that way in Jesus' name. The point I'm trying to get at is don't accept the stuff of the enemy. You have authority over it. Can you tell this means a lot to me? I want you to catch it. I want you to grab a hold of it. I want this church to walk in the authority that he's given to us and rule and reign in the earth today. Glory to God. I tell you what, I tell you what, God is so good. I want y'all to stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to repeat this after me because I know we're Christians in this room. I want you to lift both your hands up and say, Heavenly Father, 
I am yours. I am a Christian. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I believe heaven is now my home. But right now, I'm still on this earth. I live on this earth, but I'm not of this earth. But I'm going to do what you told me I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do the works of Jesus. In your name, I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In your name, I'm going to cast out demons. In your name, I'm going to preach the kingdom of God is here. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I'm going to rule and reign in this earth. In Jesus' name. Woo. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe it. 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 Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Tell you what. Just don't get you excited. Your woods are wet. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, this ought to make us. I mean, we ought to be thrilled. See, this is all a part of living the maximized life. Highest level attainable right here. This is part of it. And I'm not even done talking about it. How many of you would like to hear about the power of God backing up the authority we've been given? I, I, I was just going over and studying and looking at my notes and stuff like that. I'm telling you, probably most of you have never even studied out how great the power of God is. But we're going to talk about that beginning next week, Lord willing. And I believe it will, again, it will get you so stoked, so excited. Because how many know <laughs> there is no power greater than his power? There is no power greater than his power. And that power is in you and me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, Father, I just pray a special blessing over these people right now. Those listening via live stream. I'm believing in the name of Jesus Christ that you are empowering us to prosper, to succeed, to fulfill destiny. We, by faith, are operating in the law of seed time and harvest. And we, by faith, are going to go forth, authorized by the King of Kings, to do his work in the earth today. I thank you for these things coming to pass, Almighty God. I give you praise and I give you glory. Lord God, I just thank you as we step out in faith. Ha, ha, ha. You have promised us that you're going to reward us. You are the great rewarder. That's your heart towards us. I'm expecting it to happen in Jesus' name. If you believe this, shout amen. Amen. You guys are greatly loved. You are dismissed. Hallelujah. Whew.